are about to enter a world of pain, suffering, and laughter. gig ever i am mike pace i am jeff carlock and welcome to yet another episode of worst gig ever this is another episode of worst gig <laughs> ever stop uh, repeating it. here we go uh fantastic show for you today we have former editor's guitar player chris urbanowitzk whisk whisk spelled w-i-c-z i don't know how to pronounce it it's not spelled it's not the jewish pronunciation so it threw you way off so, somehow. It doesn't matter what his last it's name just, is. He's got the goods, though. He, he has the goods. He, he, he's he got some fantastic stories about uh, touring in a in a big fucking rock band. And so, don't be thrown off. He's British. He, uh, that's right. So in case, don't adjust your iPods. There's nothing <laughs> wrong you, with the stream. that English uh, adjuster there. Don't do it. Um, so yeah, so so stay tuned for that. Uh, just special announcements. Want to say that today's show is brought to us and you by Brody's Jardinier. Brody's Jardinier, top of the game. So for all of your uh, Jardinier needs, and if you don't know what Jardinier is, it's a fabulous melange of... It's pickled cauliflower, some pickled celery. It's, pic- it's pickled veggies. Pickled veggies is what we want to say. Uh, you can put it on almost anything. Yeah, or you could just... I just eat it out of the can. straight out of the, out the, out of the can. can like a hobo. Um, uh, Brody's Jardinier is a proud sponsor of the show. Yeah, and uh, we, we actually peppered in a lot of Easter eggs. Literally. Literally peppered, peppered in. in uh, for Brody Jardinier throughout the uh, throughout the episode. So you might have to listen to it a couple times to really pick up on the nuances of this advertising. To pick those pickled peppers out of the podcast. Tug twisters. Say that three times <laughs> fast. Uh, and of course, you guys all know Brody Jardinier, if it's in there... It's Jardinier. That's the world-famous catchphrase. <laughs> so uh, I hope you guys enjoy uh, this fantastic episode with Chris Urbanowitz. And if you don't, suck my dick. <laughs> fantastic. How does how does how do you get a penis to bleed? Well, uh, it's a protracted practice. Uh, it's something really only bulldogs get. Oh, I thought you were talking about a human. Sorry, I thought no, you no, were no, talking no, about no, a human. No, 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 no. Right. So then my dick bled. Right. Uh, okay. Yeah. Thank my God. Dog's dick was bleeding. In solidarity right. with In your solidarity, with I cut my penis. My friend, my uh, friend I said, has I love had, you, brother. My friend has had three bulldogs, and none of the none of them have had urethra bleeding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I it, I didn't I had never heard of it until it happened once a couple of years ago. Uh, it doesn't seem. <laughs> Thanks, Baptiste. Baptiste. Yeah. yeah. All right, we're gonna take your uh, collar. The off. first time it happened, we had a white uh, comforter, and I didn't realize it was going on, and it looked like he fucking slaughtered somebody. Right, or menstruated on it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, one of the two. It was insane. All right, just yeah, you just be uh, right in it. Uh, see, it's it's such a different. Yeah, we gotta. We gotta upgrade, yeah, because it's the the the, the, the RS five hundred. You almost said Radio Shack there. No promotion. No. Radio Shack is unavailable. Not, not yet. Avenue in the Shack, Point. the place to be. <laughs> I bought my Motorola Razor there when I first moved to New York three years ago. <laughs> Still the best phone I've ever had. Signal anywhere on that baby. The, State of the art. The best cell phone I ever had was was the worst one. Was when my dad forced me to get a cell phone, and I got an Audio Vox, and it looked like it dispensed chiclets. Like, it was, like, a weird box. Like, it had a flip that was just a piece of plastic. What year is this? I mean, 2000. I still could have gotten a better one, but I begrudgingly, in some weird punk way, was like, I don't want a cell phone. Uh, And then he wouldn't let me have that. uh, Was it enormous? It wasn't. It was pretty big. It wasn't as big as you're probably imagining. It wasn't, like, a Vietnam 
like crank phone, <laughs> but uh, it certainly was a piece of shit. But uh, the, I, I still have, well, I probably don't have any more, but I had like pants <laughs> from like the early aughts where you'd have the cell, cell phone, phone and pocket? the cell, yeah, the cell phone pocket. Were they dickies? Which I, no, but I wish it was my dicky. Oh, well played. No, but yeah. Like Not I bad. Like this. Not bad, Mike. Man, is, it, is this the level of humor that I've got to put up with here? Get, yes, Stop it's, of like, the line. it's like the, the limbo. Stop, start slow. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, we were talking about adopting things. Chris Urbanowitz is in the studio, in the green room. I love, it, I love it how all, all of my Jewish friends always try to Jew me up as well by, <laughs> by giving a vitz at the end of my name. It's like, look, I'm not Jewish. Oh, I'm not Jewish. It's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> the Jewish Jew at all. Let's uh, let's uh, start again. Uh, the I, I, I want I want to comment on this because you're doing it today. I love it, and I want to ask you why the the t-shirt sleeve roll up. Yeah, I tried to do it with this, and it just it keeps falling down. What's what's <laughs> give me the what's, what's you want what's the secret the or the background? The background for the listener. Okay, Chris has rolled up his t-shirt sleeves like one one roll. It's two rolls. Occasionally three. <laughs> There's your first problem. Occasionally three. Um, I've been doing this since about 2004 with my white t-shirts because my friends used to say, I did it once as a joke, and they said, oh, yeah, you, you're going for the Springsteen. And I was like, <laughs> right, that's it. And I've been doing it ever since. So that's a good eight years. So you know, Wow. Yeah. I mean, I'm very committed to, to a sleeve roll-up. So when it works you, for you. Also, when you buy a large Phil Collins t-shirt from 1994 with a concert supported by Sears on the back, <laughs> sure. then you've got no choice but to roll up the sleeves. <laughs> I did notice the sponsor by Sears. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For you know, rest. speaking of Sears, my grandmother, may she rest in peace, worked at Sears for 20 years uh, and was employee of the month multiple times. So, Chris, when you... <laughs> Are you showing up? <laughs> fuck it. Yeah, fuck you. How about that? Is that... <laughs> is that cocky that, asshole. I wish I had something more to say. Is that on her gravestone that. or something? That, <laughs> yo, what was Sears' slogan? Because that was on the gravestone. I don't know. I'm English. More for less. Yeah, whatever. Sounds about right. Um, kind of, yeah, she's passed that down as your slogan now. She, yes. Uh, which Phil Collins tour is this? Do we know? Face right. value? No, 94, um, you said. Oh, 94. Oh, oh that is a Phil Collins. Okay, I was trying to figure out what wrestler that was. No, it's, <laughs> <laughs> For the listener, Chris, huge professional wrestling fan. Uh, we'll probably get into his worst matches ever later on in the show. But he's yeah. wearing a, a Phil Collins live t-shirt. From 1994, sponsored by Sears, with the sleeves rolled up. <laughs> Great. You can't it's make this up. It's a hip new thing to do in well, this, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so welcome to the green room. Thanks. <laughs> so, wait, would you, like, playing live yeah. with editors, would you also rock the this Con- look? Constantly. Okay. Maybe less less Collins and more sleeves. But it, but it, was, still, it, was, still, it was still rolled up. Yeah, always. Yeah, I don't know why I did it. It's just... Um, now I'm just curious, when you do laundry, does it get unrolled? Do you have to constantly re-roll? Would you just leave the roll? I leave the roll in, and I let nature do its course. Nice, it usually it. sorts itself out. They have a little discussion in the, in right. the, in the machine. Mother has got a plan for us all. Let nature That's because take you use toll. organic uh, laundry detergent, right? Of course okay. I do. I've got very sensitive <laughs> yeah. skin, and I don't want my clothes to be very clean. So I'm in you know, Brooklyn now, aren't I? So, so, let's, so, so, so give us... Uh, uh, you played in this band for a while. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And and uh, you did can't... you start in the band? Did you start in the in editors? Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. The this, that lineup anyway. This is right. your band. This is your your band. Pretty well. It's, or, or... There were four of us. Yeah, formed the band in like nineteen ninety. I don't know nine two thousand or something. Yeah. And it's still going. I left about two months ago, and uh, it's yeah, it's it's been a big part of my life the last ten fifteen years. And and. You know, in terms of, it seems like, uh, just for the timeline, like you guys got very big rather quickly. Um, it didn't seem like that. I yeah. mean, we formed in 1999, <laughs> went through a few, uh, According to you. We paid sure. our, yeah, we sort of paid our dues and we sort of like had a, had a break eventually in about so 2005. You came out of nowhere, according to Mike Pace. <laughs> yeah, Mike Pace. Was put together. Who was, who was apparently living in Birmingham at the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, in England. I was yeah. with my Black Sabbath tribute, my Jewish Black Sabbath tribute band. Black Shabbat. <laughs> I was wondering if you're going to pull that one out, and you did. Getting better. I feel like you've used that one before, but I'll, I'll let you go. It's a staple. It's in the holster. Of, it's a staple of my set. I let that one go. Um, 
Okay, so so you were slugging it out for a couple of years. Yeah, right? and, all and, of all of this information is available on the internet. Uh, people who listen <laughs> to this podcast really do, we're, we're filling them in for the list. They're not right. big on the internet. Uh, We've done so, the studies. People are hate you the sending internet. this out on like VHS tape or like uh, CDKs uh, 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 and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, just going back for me before the ed- before editors uh, was editors the first band or did you do? Yeah. No, well, I was like you know were you I was messing around when I was sure. in school and stuff, but you know right. I, I had numerous weird bands when i was trying to work uh, work out what i was going to do right uh and would you play out with those weird bands or kind of just dick around we did like we did a few shows here and there but it was right. like it was it was at a local pub in right. uh you know like 10 minutes outside the city or something right. and you'd, you'd have all your friends and family come down right and you'd play like Jimi hendrix covers and stuff killer which, which i'm was. dead proud of <laughs> yes know? and stone roses covers which are a bit cooler purple Perfect. haze or foxy lady both Unfortunately, medley, both. You weren't expecting medley. that, were you? The two songs that we played, and you <laughs> named both of them. I'm <laughs> really, really impressed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, those are two of his more obscure songs, so that's why. I, good I, solos, and I was a guitarist, and I was kind of like the boss anyway. So, so, so when you started, editors, and you guys are, are slugging it out. Do you have any particular memories of that time that might constitute some shitty gigs? Uh, or, I mean, most of them in the fir- in the early days were <laughs> shitty gigs. Nobody wants to play in front of uh, you know seven or eight people in a in a venue. And right. you know, our, our early our early shows were we kind of were you know once we got signed and once we got a, a, a song on the radio, then it was like then it kicked off. Um, I reckon the first like round of really really shitty ones we did were uh, we did, which is something that I've I've spoke to my agent about, and he said that he was trying to give us loads of shit gigs for our sort of morale, you know, to try and keep us going so we could appreciate what was going appreciate on. the good ones. Would, yeah, I, thinking was... about that sounds like bullshit and he's trying to make some, <laughs> yeah. he's trying to cover his mistakes. He maybe wasn't doing a good job at that point. The thing is that these gigs were uh, university summer balls. So okay. For the listener who may not be in the UK. Like a what prom. Like us, like you or me. Or... <laughs> What's a ball? <laughs> yeah. A ball, a ball is like a prom, basically. Oh, yeah. So it's like... Um, but it would be for university students. So you're about, you know, you're 19, 20, 21. It's like the end of your year. You all dress up in suits and, you know, the ladies put on a, a very cheap but flamboyant dress and then go out and party. And the thing is that they don't want a band like us that sounds like we do, you know, we were like, a, you know, we were getting comparisons to like Joy Division and the Echo and the Bunny Men and stuff like that. So we were playing these sort of like drab songs to these people who were just, Kind of just standing there, just waiting for us to finish, so the local DJ could play the Venga Boys, which which happened essentially. Sure. So we did an entire summer of these, where all I wanted to do was leave, and everyone else was like that as well. But once that was conquered, then that was yeah. that's my like my early memories of doing you know my first really shit gigs since being since having a record out. Did those ones at least pay well? Um, you'd think so, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, if you've got a profile, then they pay great. Yeah. Because no one wants to do them right. because they're horrible. Okay. But you know, it's not I, like it's not like college shows in the U.S. where at least for bands of our level, we've talked about this before. I mean, we got you, paid. You yeah. Bank on those ones, like yeah. those. Are, yeah. That's the payday. Is I mean, know. we got we got paid. Right. But a lot of the times we were making, you know, we were make, kind of cutting even or right. like maybe making a little bit here and there. Right. And you'd get paid in sort of like you know you get paid in food and booze and stuff and like come once. Once we played in Lincoln, and we had to uh, we had to stay in um, the halls of residence. Do you know what I mean? That's like, do you have them like, like yeah, dorms? Yeah, that would be the dorms. Right. Yes, the dorms, right? So I was staying in this like this tiny little, it looked like a prison, uh, like a tiny little shoebox with a single bed in it and nothing else, like white walls and all this. And we were all staying in there as a kitchen. At the end, I was like, this is awful. It's funny because you say the way you say halls of red- residence, it sounds so regal. Oh, it's, not, a shitty, it's, it's, it's not like it's, we stayed in no, a shitty dorm. No, but it's your accent to the halls of residence. That's where uh, the elites. Yeah, stayed. don't let <laughs> my <laughs> accent fool you. This is yeah, like it was a bunch <laughs> of shit. It was. It was. Le- there was less amenities in prison. I've heard they've got TVs in prison, which is one more thing <laughs> right. that we had, and playstations and a gym and stuff. I saw none of that. There was a box with a with a single bed in it. And so, but also at this time, are you guys you guys driving to these shows in a van? Yeah. And yeah, you guys are just doing. There's no real PFB. Uh, PFB. It was like this. Um, we once counted the 
uh, the amount of decals on our van, which said PFB, which was the hiring company, and it came to 19, <laughs> which was how we then re- we called it pretty fucking bollocks. <laughs> so that was the van that we used to go. It was more of a minibus than a van, you know, not like a splitter, a minibus. So everyone right. else yeah, was like yeah. turning up to these, because we were still in India at the time, so it was like all of these bands turning up in like tour buses and they hadn't sold a fucking dime. And then there's us who have like, you know, we've got a top 20 single and stuff and our, our record went to number, you know, top 10 as well. And like we're there in a little minibus, right? Like, kind of with with PFB emblazoned on it, nineteen times. I think that's what we what we did a three week tour uh, with Panthers in the UK, and we, you know, the UK is different than every other place where they don't help you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so we didn't know what we were ordering, and we we I think we ordered something along those lines where we got there and it was like five rows of seats, extremely yeah. bolted in, no room for equipment. So we had to end up jimmying out the seats. <laughs> and then right. later putting the seats back in and spray painting over the stripped uh, screws. Sounds about right. That's yeah. ingenious. I had to bring. My, I actually brought my own pillow for those <laughs> shows. Not joking. I well, actually brought my own pillow. Would you also, well, this is something we've also talked about on the show before, is bringing a sleeping bag with you. Were you, were you, would you also, in addition to the pillow, bring a sleeping bag? No. I, was, I had a problem. I was a contact lens wearer, you see. And this is back in 2005 where if you fell asleep and your contact lens was five minutes. Right. You you know, you, you, need, a, you need a pair of pliers. 2005, before contacts really kind of took off. Before the active view. Before you could really break. That was kind of a glory was, year for contacts. It was one that of my favorite years. Were you, I, were I you gas permeable contacts? Of at the course, time? yeah. Uh, all the air is going in and out of my eyes right now. I preferred sleeping bag myself, uh, just because I hated sharing beds with anyone, and we at most we had. So you would rather sleep on the floor in your sleeping bag than in like a king size bed. Yeah, that's mental. Yeah, I. I I, I think there were just so many issues in Panthers. It mm -hmm. was just like Jay talked in his sleep nonstop. Uh, Justin was the most annoying snorer like ever, insanely loud. Uh, Our drummer Selaney rubbed his feet. Before he went to sleep and after he, when he wake up and it, it always felt like he was jerking off next to you. Wow. And For he a very was like, short no, no, I'm just, I'm just, uh, relaxing myself. Uh, and then Kip just smelled like cigarettes and booze. And so I, yeah, I generally chose the floor. Which, going off that too, and I wonder, we can all jump. I'm, at least for me, I'm amazed that I never got bed bugs on tour of sleeping in so many shit hotels. Yeah. Shit squats. Uh, I've I've in a tour bus once. You what? We we had we had in a tour bus once. Yeah, you had bed bugs on the tour bus. It was a form of bed. We were getting like bitten, so I guess it is bed bug. But it wasn't like severe. We weren't getting like an all over covering or something. But I do remember getting bitten on 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 this one tour bus. Really? That 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 kind of brings up uh, a question that I had. So you get to a point where you, in your case, you guys get signed. Yeah, and and. Real money starts coming in, and you can kind of almost up the operation. Yeah. So you guys are no longer driving yourselves around in a van. Yeah. And then you have a tour bus, and maybe a manager, and all these other people helping you out. With that, because we never really got to that point. You know, we were we're still driving ourselves around. Right. There's got to be a whole other set of problems. I'm assuming that that happens when you reach a level where, like, okay, you're not necessarily worried about. Whether or not they're going to be people at the shows, they're going to be people at the shows. Yeah. What what is like a what are, what are these other issues that the thing is I up? was terrified when the tour bus first arrived um, because when we when we were in a van because we still lived in England and we were only really doing English shows or if we were going to do a European one then we'd do like one and then we'd have a hotel afterwards or something. The thing about um, driving and like we lived in Birmingham so it's like smack bang in the centre of England so we could go and play a show and then you know we could play in London and then we could drive back afterwards and then we could sleep on our own beds jackpot so it's like great so you know you can shit shower and piss and brush your teeth and all that at home tour bus comes around what where where are we gonna where are we gonna shower then and uh, tour manager's like well it's, it's, I'm, I'm like there's one there's a shower, shower on the bus isn't it that's that's what happens and like <laughs> no like well where are we gonna we're gonna have it we're gonna have a shit on the bus right no no you can only piss on the bus i'm like so where the fuck am I going to like brush my teeth, have a shit and go for a shower? And they go in the venue. 
in a venue. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Nobody told me about this before I got in a band, you know? It was like, all like, oh, it's Ozzy Osbourne's tour bus, which he's got right. to himself, which is luxury and everything, you know? I'm sharing it with like 15 sweaty boys. And, you know, I'm, sh- I'm showering in a place where a lot of people feel uncomfortable to actually put their feet down. Right. You know, I remember when we went to play um, Salt Lake City uh, and... I mean, we only sold about 87 tickets, but that's another, that's another story. Um, but I remember our bus driver just followed me in, um, when I walked into the venue and he's like, Hey, Chris, before you do anything, he's like, just wait there. And he went, went to the bus and he saw me. I had a towel with me and everything. And he just like grabbed this like container in his hand and he was like, just, um, scatter a load of this over the shower before you go in. And it was bleach. <laughs> I'm like, right. So this is how we do it then, is it? This right. is how. And that became my life for the next six or seven years. That sounds glorious. It was real. I, I would honestly. I, like the big leagues to I've me. showered in places where <laughs> you wouldn't even. You wouldn't piss in from a distance. Right. Like loop over a fence. You wouldn't even piss in there. Yeah, it's too I dangerous. can. I can only picture like there's. You know, I can picture the random clubs that had a shower and the filthiness level. Well, I remember like, like that and I lived in like a pretty filthy apartment too, like with four dudes who didn't clean anything, and I still was getting heebie-jeebied out by. I don't Any think, option. I mean, uh, you know, in all, like, I definitely remember playing places with a shower. Right. Like, I think like Bowery Ballroom has a shower or something. Uh, yeah, but, I think they might. But, and uh, Music Hall of Williamsburg has a shower. But like, I've never once opted for the shower option. Right. No uh, choice. Because, but yeah, you have no at a choice. Certain point. <laughs> no choice, yeah. I mean, it's either that or. You shower once every four days. Yeah. That's your option. You shower on your you day You can off. do the shower at the uh, truck stop. With uh, with all the eighteen wheelers. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that. It's funny that you mentioned that because we kind of do something similar anyway. Uh-huh. Which is when um, it mainly happens at your in Europe at European festival. It's something a, a term that I've coined, which is the cocks out. <laughs> and I always sort of like ask when I when I get into when I get into a um, into a festival. I'm usually sort of like my my always option was like the more time you spend on the tour bus, the less time you spend in the festival. I don't like festivals. Don't, right. But, Dirty, they're filthy, they're noisy, I don't like people it. around you. That yeah, you. exactly. It's, so, okay. like, I would always stay in bed as late as I possibly could. So, I was always the last person to shower. So, I'd get in and like, I'd ask the questions, like, what's the shower situation? Singles or cocks out? Cocks out. What are the towels like? They're movers. Now, do you know what I mean by movers? No. They just move the water around, they don't actually dry right. it. I was like, <laughs> is it possibly s- harsh. Yeah. S- like, yeah. S- thinnest or, yeah. fabric you yeah. can imagine. Is it like single or two towels? Take take a third towel for your feet and then two for up and down. Right. So it's like so I need all of these all of this information before I even ventured into going to this area. And then you walk into the shower and it was properly cocks out. So there was a <laughs> corridor and then there'd be five showers on one side and five showers on the other. And a lot of it, you know, you'd think, oh, like lots of sort of handsome rock stars and all this, you know, motley crew are all shredding and all this. <laughs> eh, eh. Bus drivers mainly in there. All the bus drivers coming out, they've had Post breakfast as well. Post breakfast. So, and what, what are they having for breakfast? Some, uh, some cured meats and, and a, a pack of cornflakes. No chance. Fried bacon, sausages, eggs. And they look like it as well. Like, Smells it's, like a pigsty. The great there. thing is that you can't see their dick, which Perfect. is, you know, which is, uh, what I can only describe as a hideous obesity. But you know what? You, you bring up a good point. I, I spent some time in Los Angeles last summer with a buddy and, we went to the Hollywood YMCA. When right. He's like, we got to go to the gym. Right. So we went. And... and For networking. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I you weren't perving away. I, I, needed <laughs> some, I needed to make some contacts somewhere else. Just hang <laughs> it's so, the biz, brother. <laughs> so we're ch- I'm changing. You know, it's, I'm not... Look, I... Uh, Towel around. Uh, I change into <laughs> yeah. my shorts. You're a modest man. I'm a mo- exactly. <laughs> I'm so glad so, you're not filming this right now. As well. <laughs> for the listener, my penis is hanging. Uh, so do the workout, whatever. Put, come your, back. put your pants back on, Mike. There's, we don't need to see it. You can imagine. We, we come back. Uh, <laughs> your your giant penis left. farts all yeah. over the place. <laughs> I have a giant penis that farts on its own. So, but there was like, a, there's a steam room and like a sauna there. Love and it. I'm, uh, take a spitz. And, 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 and my friend's like, like, let's take this. Okay, fine. And you, you got to shower beforehand. He strips completely nude. And I'm just like, and you know, he said to me, and it totally showed me, he's like, Mike, 
this is no time to be shy. <laughs> oh, God. So I was like... You oh, know something ominous is, is going to happen when those right. words are... Um, <laughs> that sounds exactly like the time to be shy. Yeah. <laughs> so pr- prison, basically. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> the, the, Don't worry about the, it, boy. The, the best yeah, part I'm about it, it is... Yeah. You know, you, like you're in there with like 70-year-old men. I mean, what do you got to be ashamed of? Uh, your the, penis. The, yeah. <laughs> in your, in your the same thing you should always be ashamed of. Your penis. Uh... uh uh, the, but the, the kicker of that is that it's okay, whatever. You're showering, you're fucking <laughs> naked, whatever. It's not a big deal. Saw a guy shaving his balls in the mirror at the Hollywood Yeah, and there you go. That's, that's a li- that's, that's why we prefer a single. That's the time. <laughs> I think we'll wrap it up there, won't that's we? The time yeah. that's, thank you guys. Can't get listening. any better than that. <laughs> it's God for listener, life. I did shoot myself in the face again. Was he, um, I don't know why I'm asking this question, but was he wet shaving or was he just, was it electric? Was he trimming? Or was he bicking? Straight razor <laughs> tries a From what I could tell I when I put my face near his penis. It's like, oh. Can I get a uh, getter at this one? Hold on a second. Using a little aloe fresh for that sensitive skin. That's sensible. That's sensible. A little shaver's yeah. tip for you. So, okay. So you, so you mentioned festivals. You guys did the festival. Thank God circuit. we're back on track. Yes. There we go. Let's get Every back. year. Let's get back on it. Every year. Every, so, I mean, this is a thing. What, what kind of, are we talking the, the really big festivals or the mid-level festivals? Or both. Kind of yeah, yeah, both. I mean, we'd, we'd do like we do big ones and then um and then you know if we're sort of like traveling to another uh then we do like one in between which is slightly smaller just so we've instead of having a rest day or a travel day right we'll go somewhere and we'll try and make a little bit of deal out of it right. so we can actually earn a bit of yeah. money because it's, a, not it's a for anything. the listener but europe uk they, you know they have more festivals in general like oh, there's we, a, there's in millions. the past five maybe ten years like there are those you know there are, there are a handful of festivals handful in the u.s but, but not like over there but what i've always europe. wondered is that in europe it seems like there's literally a festival every weekend over the summer yeah like yeah. how do these things and that's what we were doing how do they organize them so like okay we're gonna there's gonna be a festival in holland this weekend and then in norway there's like yeah how do they all get together is there a big summit of the festival uh i think well because yeah, they're all illuminati uh, yeah. you just understand. I think they've all got the same, you know, the same promoters all come together to a certain extent. And then if there's out. a small one, then they'll like they'll sneak into a. An, but into it's a literally you guys are going from it's just a weekend kind of weekenders. At that Sometimes point, right? we would do a lot, yeah, all day, uh, you know, all weeks as well. Um, you know, we'd do a club show in between instead of coming home, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it, so it would be a whole summer away of just doing festivals. Yeah. Um, uh, take, wait, uh, when you're doing festivals, you. Uh, do they generally treat you all right? Are you a little bit like cattle, where you're just kind of like get up there, do your thing, get I up? Mean, usually treated all right. I That's mean, good. it depends on the, it depends on the level that you're at as well. And right. you know, obviously, the, the the bigger we got, the more more comfortable it became. And you know, the the bigger the arsehole your tour manager is, the more comfortable you are right. generally. You know, those times when you know bottles of Shmurnoff get returned, and you yeah. know, in in exchange for a bottle of Grey Goose or something of that exactly. equivalent. You know the little things that keep you happy on tour. Right. You know, is what you what you don't want is you don't want to have anything to complain about. Sure. So you just want life to go as smoothly as possible. Right. You don't want to be waiting around for anything. Right. And just you know, it sounds awful, but it's to say that. But but does. speaking of complaining, give us a, a, a festival worst gig. And a I'd, festival worst gig. Did All you, right. There's I don't I I can't really put my finger on a lot. To be honest, a lot of them were the same. That's the thing. Like a lot of them were just the same. Right. Um. There's been a few. I remember we played. Uh. Oh, his. Uh, I remember playing in um in Japan in a Summer Sonic Festival. I think it was called. Uh-huh. And we played in a baseball stadium at midday. And I don't know if you've ever been to Japan. Uh. Nope. In the in the summer, at midday. It's really fucking hot. <laughs> and like, I hate the heat. Right. And the sun was like straight on us. And we had to, we played a 40 minute set and we had to drop a song. It was that hot. Wow. I remember there was footage of it. I was, and I like finished the song and it, the camera panned to me and I just went, oh, and just, <laughs> just like collapsed. And that gig, they were, they had these two massive water cannons and they were just shooting the crowd like every 10 minutes. Just full yeah. of water, but not the band. Not the band. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. We, again, we didn't get anything. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, we were, we were fucked. Uh, are, were the Japanese crowds at the festival? I've heard that Japanese crowds are very respectful. Like they're very quiet. Yeah, uh, a little bit more so than usual. Like they're just very much just like thank you they are between your... songs. Yeah, it, yeah, it's weird. I've um, I, we did a uh, a co-headline tour with We Are Scientists. So I think you've had have you had Keith on this show? No, yet? he's banned actually. From the is show. he? I don't yes. blame you. I don't blame you. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, we'll have them on soon enough. Okay, well, for the lady listeners out there. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, but I remember we were doing this, so like, and they were, uh, they played after us once, and, um, uh, I got into the mosh pit, and I was like, you know, cause I wanted to watch Weird Science, so I thought it was, I thought it'd be fun. And it was the most organized and safest mosh pit I've ever been in in my entire <laughs> right. life. It was so nice to be, it was a lovely place to be. I remember, it's like, pleasant. after one song, I, like, finished my, finished my vodka, and it, like, had, you know, so I had an empty plastic glass. So I, I threw it at Keith. <laughs> Didn't go down very well in Japan, that one. It's, you know, Regardless of whether I've just been on stage or not, it's like, I go, you bad looks on that. Um, I remember actually you telling me a story about, uh, it was, Riot might be a strong word. Oh. But was that also a festival? No, that show? was just, I With think, the band Riot? Love them. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, I wish it was that easy. No, it was, uh, I wouldn't say Riot, it was in, I think you're talking about Folkestone, that gig we played in Folkestone. Oh, like, the soccer stadium or football stadium for um, European listeners. No, no, it was like, it was just a, it was just a regular venue, but it was like about, I think it was about 2000, it was like a hall or something like that. Mm. And, you know, it was, it was alright, it's like kind of down by the sea, it's a weird little, weird little place in England. It's one of those places where people don't really know exists. It's like you've heard of it, but you don't really know what it is. Right. So when we went down there, uh, you know, everything was, it was like a normal day. I'd actually traveled down from Nottingham. It was like, took five hours on the train. So I was already a bit grumpy, but, um, we sort of started the show and everything was going fine. And then like, I, I remember sort of like looking up occasionally and I saw this like very tall, bald headed man, uh, which is not really, you know, but like not, not like an old man who likes to go to editors gigs because we sound like bands from the eighties, like a bald headed man who is going to beat you up. And it's probably a skinhead. Yes, you could possibly say that. Uh, and they're basically like halfway through the gig, a fight broke out, obviously due to this, 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 this guy. And, um, it's that sort of like weird situation where I didn't know the fight was going on. I had my head down. I was concentrating and our tour manager just like came onto the stage and, you know, took us off stage. And it's like, uh oh, that's always a bad thing. And I remember just like, wait. And then a huge ruck broke out, and there was like girls getting smacked, and you know guys getting beaten up, and then this guy, uh, this guy got, I think he he was beating up security as well, and I don't think they even kicked him out. And wow. we waited about half an hour, and I remember when we were waiting, we were waiting sort of like side of the stage, just round the back, and there was like it was sort of slightly outside. I don't know why it was like you know we weren't like totally backstage, and there was like a cage with sort of like a, a glass roof, and then a sort of a glass partition. And it was like being in a, in a, in a zoo. There was like monkeys sort of like kind of running across the top. And it was like these two kids who were trying to get backstage right. and they'd like run around the back of the venue and they were like trying to get in. And I was just like, fuck this. It's like, this is bullshit. I was like, let's, I'm going home. It's like, and everyone was like, no, come on. There's, there's people that have come here to see the gig. Yeah, I know, but they're assholes. <laughs> it's like, some of them are obviously, you know, big fans who have come from, cause it's close to London. Yeah. Anyway, we, we, we managed to finish the gig. Um, after a big delay, and I remember even just like it, the, the chaos didn't end there as well. We were backstage, and like suddenly these two girls came running into the dressing room. I don't know what you're thinking. Lovely, right? Great, no problem. <laughs> nope, nope. Folkestone girls. And for they, the listener, a Folkestone girl is. Well, I mean, all I've seen, I've only been to Folkestone once, thank God, uh, and. So I can only judge them on the quality of these two behemoths. <laughs> but you uh, got a pretty good idea of what folks are all about yeah, from these ladies. I'm not going to bother continuing. But we had to we had to stay like about an hour and a half after the show because there was a big fight in the car park afterwards as well, which was blocking our, uh, our walk to the the tour bus. So we so we couldn't even leave. So we were trapped and thought we were going to die. And it was it was awful. I couldn't wait to leave. That's. Uh, you, I mean, you guys. That just the uh, like you guys got. Uh, I'm just thinking now of. Not being able to leave. You guys got pretty big. Uh, yeah. It, did it ever get to that point of like, you know, leaving shows even? Like it, you'd have to. Um, not really. I mean, sometimes. Iron Maiden sort of. Uh, no, <laughs> no. I mean, it was always quite, you know, there'd be people sort of waiting after the shows to, right. to wanting photos. But, you know, they didn't want to like rape you or anything. Perfect. It was just a little bit. Oh, that woke Batista. Uh, <laughs> oh, and he's not my pop guard ever as well. Uh, it was like, you know, I was, I'm not really. I was never really a people person, right. so it was, you know, it was always I try and get to the bus, which is the hard. Part. That's what we've talked about before. Uh, it's the hard part. It, it, it always was for me whenever we on tour, whenever we were on tour, because I I, I don't really consider myself a people person. No, and you are, and I also don't 
I don't go out when I'm home. I don't. I'm no, kind you're, of a you're, for, you're forced to be nice yeah, to people. You're forced which, to, yeah, like, and so, oh, thank you so which much. Which for someone like me is very hard to do. Right. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I have to, usually for me, I would hide behind the merch table or just find some way to get out of it or pawn people off. It seems like there's usually an ambassador of friendliness right. in the band. Like, in my case, all the guys in in Oxford Collapse were were all pretty friendly, but it seems like well, bully for but, you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, you know, there's usually that there's usually one person you know who would talk to the press or whatever. Sure. And, yeah. You know, yeah, it's hard. It's, I, I just, it is definitely it's a hard thing that you don't. Yeah, I guess you just don't consider it when you're thinking, like, kind of growing up even. Like, oh, man, I'd love yeah. to, like, well, play out and play, you know, go on tour. But then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, wait, I don't like being around people. Or, here's a <laughs> question. Have to. Here's a question. I like, can't just do it for myself. In my <laughs> case, I never got over the fact that, like, people that I didn't know would be into my band. Like, it right. always kind of weirded me. I mean, I'm grateful for it because sure. I know how I felt about other bands. Right. But I just always, like... It would always, it just always seemed weird to see people singing along and like. Tattoos of your bands? Yeah, I don't know if we ever got to the tattoo. I know you guys got to the tattoos. We got a few. Like, I mean. There's no good response to that. Like, it's just like, oh. Oh, very nice. I I wouldn't have done that, but whatever. Voice breaking. Yeah, For a beastie voice. Looks great. Yeah. I mean, is there a point, you know, when you guys get to this very large level of success when, you know, people are fanatic about your band that it stops being weird and starts getting real <laughs> the real world yeah i mean I was never, it was never it was never the singing along to to the music which which i found weird or anything like that it was uh you know when i was when i was a kid growing up i sort of like i wanted to be my you know my heroes i didn't want to meet them i didn't want to photo with them didn't want an autograph don't care right so it's irrelevant it's like you know never Never, you know, I, I just don't care, and that's right. always something that I didn't really understand. It's like, what? Why do you want? Why do you want my autograph on this? It's like, is that to tell other people uh, or to make money? I don't understand. But you know, some people like that, and you know, it's never, it's never the hot girls or the cool guys after the gigs, is it? That's doing <laughs> no. that. Do you know what I mean? And, uh, it's always just the weird dude who wants yeah. to hover a little bit too long. Always on his own. Always got a disposable <laughs> yeah. camera with him yeah. as well. Why, the yeah. super fan. He's the only guy yeah. in the world that still buys disposable cameras. <laughs> right. <laughs> He steals them from tables at these balls. <laughs> at these, yeah, high these school conventions, yeah. Um, oh, no, I remember playing a show in, uh, I think it was in, uh, not Rome, it was in Italy somewhere, and we loaded in to the place. And I mean, this is at like, you know, whatever it is, 3.34 in the afternoon. No one is there except for these three totally crazy, weird-looking, like, 45-year-old Italian <laughs> men who were clearly mentally ill. Sounds who about right. Had, yeah. Who had printed out, like, 8 by 10 glossy <laughs> photos of us that I didn't even know existed. I was going to ask, where and, are these from? And didn't even, like, didn't even say, hey, like, they just, like, shoved them in our face with a Sharpie. Right. Like, signed this. They were obviously some kind of, like, weird hey, professional autograph. <laughs> they didn't say anything. Clearly, like these guys were not. I mean, I know the target demographic for our band was skewed, maybe a little older, <laughs> into the weird, like lo- lonely record collector sure. dude. But I mean, these guys were. Just, I don't even think they were at the show. <laughs> Wait, do, are you thinking they were there? They were going to resell? I think these were guys that like autograph at the stock venues. And when the band comes in, they get they immediately get the the autograph of the band, and they leave and they try right. to sell it. So, Godspeed. Uh, yeah, these guys. It's a strange uh, world, isn't it? Those, those Oscar Collapse autographed uh, glossies are going to be. A I'll be checking thing. eBay later, my friend. I'll be selling them. <laughs> it was, it so, was me. I had a disguise. What, yeah, before I leave, can you just sign a couple photos? <laughs> what about. Um, so you, you mentioned earlier playing in Salt Lake City. And 87 tickets sold. It's something the, like that, yeah. So there's a disparity between. Just how, to stop. Is, just, is, is that at a point where generally you're. you're, you're oh, we, I think we'd done, we'd done like. Bowery or somewhere okay, like that, right. like a couple of nights. Well, before. to be fair, Salt Lake City is 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 not. We actually never played there. We never. Got oh, it's to play great. Salt Lake I think we always <laughs> drove through. No, yeah. I, like that was. It's weird because I've been to Salt Lake City when I was younger on vacation. I'm a Mormon, um, but <laughs> huh? But you really slide that fucker in there. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, the other thing. Getting drunk is difficult in that place. But it just—it was. Yeah. Just, we never even drove through Utah, which is ironic because yeah. you need to be drunk to get to, 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 to play it. To play it's all like, lately, but, it's become something that uh, keeps showing up in comedy podcasts uh, of being like 
a good place an to appre- go. Well, because people think it's an, uh, an appreciative audience because yeah. it's it's not one of those cities that's like, oh, you do Salt Lake City. and that, I mean, it's far away from a lot of other right. places. It's like almost like Denver, which is bigger, I believe. Don't send me emails saying... Who am I even? I love this bit. No one sends us. Are you email talking to those three forty-five-year-old Italian no, guys? Really? No one has sent an email. Hey, it's <laughs> so good. Hey, don't barrage my email. The worst yeah. ever email account saying, "Hey, Mike, you're wrong. That Denver's not as big as Salt Lake City." <laughs> Literally, nobody cares. But it's an oasis. There's nothing around. Right. So Salt Lake Except City, for one metal store in the town. In Salt Lake City, yeah. it does boom in business. Yep. But. I think when so when bands come through or when comics come through, oh, there's some entertainment right. here. You'd think so, wouldn't you? Eighty-seven yeah, tickets. Senators, and that's just, only eighty-seven people. Jesus yeah. Christ! But, yeah, thanks, salt in the thanks, wound. Mike. Talk yeah. to the disparity between uh, uh, American audiences and, or not even just the how they're different, but the fact that you guys were were bigger in Europe. Like, can you mm. point to a why that is or what? What's your take on that? Oh, my God. Chris. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> Chris, that is disgusting. Right, yeah. You're trying to throw me into the bus. a podcast here. I'm going right. to belch into the mic. All right, all right. I've got a job. I'll take credit for that. Okay. That was I'll, fucking insane. I'll take, I'll take one for the team. Mike, that was revolting. I, I've never heard anything like that. <laughs> Guys, don't send me emails saying that that was great. Think of these goddamn emails. I was like... <laughs> oh, man. So back to I was like course. 80K or something. That was for all the geeks out there. All the sound geeks out yeah. there. Wow. I'm going to have to level that, was, that out. <laughs> that was early dubstep there. That one. <laughs> Skrillex, don't sample that. Oh, no. brother. Uh, so what, what was the question? Between, okay. Disparity, disparity between... between the States and Europe. Or just, you know, it's the same way a band like We Are Scientists. Yeah, bigger than England than they are elsewhere. Like, what's the... Can, can think, you pinpoint a reason? I think I've always, I've always said that, like, America's more of a consonant than it is. Well, I mean, it is, of course. But, you know, but you know what I mean? How is, like, the States are kind of... Um, the States are kind of countries, you know? Right. So sure. it's like, New York isn't... LA, you know, New York would be England, for example. LA would be, I don't know, somewhere else. You know, right. France, Germany. Just because you go over great in New York does not mean yeah, exactly. more than 87 people will come. And, and it's the same. And it's, you know, it's the radio stations are different over there. Right. And it's whoever plays you and, you know, whatever you do. It's massive as well. I think you need to t- uh, kind of count each state or each area as a different country, you know, a different territory. Uh, like we do treat England differently than France to Germany to Holland to Belgium, etc. So I, I guess that, that's why, you know, um, and it's so different, you know, when that's why I love New York so much because it reminds me of sort of, you know, a lot of the stuff that I, I like about music and life and art and everything. Right. Whereas I don't like, well, I don't live in Utah. <laughs> I think we'll leave <laughs> it at that. Let's just leave it but at that. So, yeah, just like I don't live in France, you know. Right. When you guys did tour the US, um, would you be playing kind of those outside of Salt Lake City? Those secondary markets would just kind of hit. We uh, did it a couple of times. Yeah, we did like the. Uh, the I'm making a zigzag kind of mark. For the listener, yeah, this, <laughs> Chris yeah. just moved his finger up and down, <laughs> yeah. signifying yeah. the length of the kind United of, not States. Not even completely a zigzag, yeah. but you know, going, from, going from east to west, <laughs> up and down, very, very, <laughs> yeah, very yeah. slowly. You just go up, down, just up, down, up. It's a standard down. U.S. tour. That's standard, a, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's a good sort of like forty days worth, and uh, <laughs> right. it was great fun. As well. you know, and obviously, kind of going into Canada as well, where we were, right. in, you know, going to like Montreal and Toronto and Vancouver. So, you know, that was kind of not as far as you would think to go uh, to those places. So, yeah, long days, long, lonely so days I, on the road. I, it, it sounds like you're not, you're not the hugest fan of touring. I used to dislike it, I would say. Yeah. Because the dicks You started out. off with disliking. I always, I always didn't like it. Right. I didn't really get anything out of playing either. Like, you're a studio. Would you say, I, you lo- what's, what's your favorite part? I love, I love being in the studio. Yeah. I, if you're creating something, you feel like you're actually doing something. You know, right. if, you're, if you're just playing, it's like, I didn't see any night any different from the previous one most of the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as much as there was 2,000 people one night and 87 people the next, you know, they weren't actually, they weren't actually that different. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, one was better than the other, obviously, but it's not like you're kind of creating something that you can be proud of. And I was always more proud of being in the studio than I was of being on stage. That's an in- that's that's actually, that's an interesting outlook on it. Uh, as some like I also preferred the studio, but I I always got something out of playing live. But I think it was also still 
Like, we never got to the point where it was like, all right, well, there are definitely going to be people at the show. Right, yeah. And, like, so we can just have a good time. It was always like, oh, are there going to be people here? Are we going to sell stuff? Right. I mean, don't, gonna- don't get me wrong. It's like sometimes we, we would play, like, you know, we would do a festival and we'd do, like, 30,000 people and they'd all go absolutely fucking bananas. And that was great. Right. And, like, we, we did Glastonbury in, like, 2006 or something. We played When the Sun Went, or 2007, something like that. We played when the sun went down and Glastonbury is like a magical place when you do that. You know, you start light and then you end dark and it's like everyone went fucking bananas and there's flags everywhere and everyone's singing along and clapping and stuff and we've got like big lights and like that's awesome. That's cool. But that's like, that's one. Isn't right, it? Yeah. I can think of maybe three or four others where I was just like, wow, that was, that yeah. was fucking amazing. It's like Billy Joel you know? says, you can't go to bed with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He does say that. <laughs> so the point being, and that was maybe the not the best analogy to make. <laughs> it, it makes sense, but it's just it's a bit ephemeral. shit. Right. Yeah. It is a bit, it is a bit shit. Yeah, but uh, it makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, so, a bit like Billy Joel. <laughs> no offense to Billy Joel or any of his fans. Actually, fuck him. I don't give a, a shit. <laughs> Say he's the benefactor care. of the podcast. I'm not on Twitter. It's like you know, you can't uh, find thank you, me. Billy Joel, for everything you've done for us. <laughs> yeah, in the podcast uh, just from the bottom of my heart. Yeah. So I just, let's just touch on this briefly. Um, you're a huge pro wrestling fan. Briefly, Massive. briefly, briefly. <laughs> We've talked for like about 45 minutes. Of it. Okay. Let's talk for a very long time. Uh, about yeah. your That's annoying. Yeah, but, it's but, gonna uh, be a two part. And I'm just, that's the only I'm, reason I'm here. I'm t- I'm trying to tie this in. To the podcast, because we, we, full disclosure, Chris and I attend a lot of pro wrestling events <laughs> together. We get together, we watch pro wrestling all the time. I'll show you some pictures if he you want. Like, <laughs> that, that might be your photo on the, on the thing, about, uh, on the, on the web. Do you see any kind of, this might be a shit question. Do you see any kind of correlation between pro wrestling, the enjoyment you get out of pro wrestling, and the enjoyment you get out of playing music? Um, I see a correlation about their lives. Seems as though they're on the road 300 days a year. Right. And they're going from venue to venue every day of the year and they're doing press and promotion and, you know, they do nothing all day apart from, you know, a, a, a show at the end of it. Right. So I, yeah, definitely I found that, that, that sort of part of, part of their lives more interesting since I was in a band, you know, because I was a pro wrestling fan when I was a kid and then sort of like drifted away and then sort of like that. I really got in, interested in that, you know, the, the the difference between rock stars dying when they're when they're when they're young and a load of wrestlers doing the same thing. And I was right. like, there's got to be some sort of correlation here. Mm. Obviously, they're beating the shit out of each other, you know, because it's fake, you know. But, you know <laughs> but they're still, you know, they're still they're still beating the, you know, seven yeah. tons of shit out of each other every night, yeah. you know, taking bumps. So you know, they're taking pills to get over that and stuff. And it's you know, it's difficult being on the road and you know you you medicate or drink or something to help you get through that. So it's no different, but. That's always that was the kind of thing that really intrigued me that got me back into it. Mm-hmm. That they, it made me feel a like a nomadic lifestyle. Just they like, do, uh, yeah. It's because it, it is being in a band and being a wrestler. It's a different life. It's one that you know you can try to explain, but you have to kind of you have to be have there to, to really yeah, no, that's, appreciate. Yeah. That's a very good you point. Re, you have to rewire your brain. Yeah. To yeah, even like to be like, yeah, no, it makes sense to drive for eighteen hours yeah. to play exactly. Play. But it's also a good point where you're saying it's like one of those things where like. You could say to someone who doesn't really, outside of your world, right? Oh, I play in a band, or oh, I'm a pro wrestler, and they'd be like, oh, you play covers or originals, yes. or, like, or <laughs> like, you're wrestling Hulk, you're gonna be the next Hulk Hogan. Like they, right. they don't get the uh, the minutia of and yeah, and what? you get an insight into it. like when I look at like you know if I look at like Metallica, like and when I think about like when they toured on the Black Album and they toured for like three years, like that sounds like a nightmare to me. Like I and yeah. like because I know what it's like for five weeks. Like I know what it's like for like you know only a couple weeks in in another country. Like mm-hmm. I think we did twenty months on our first stint. The, even that, that, that I, I the last, you. The last that... one was in you know the, I think the last tour was in Japan. Right. I remember my my fingernail was falling off as well. Oh. Michael Tapper actually used to be in Wayne Scientist. Got a great photo of that. Of your of a hangnail of sorts. No, no, it was infected and it was bright yellow. Oh, right, so actually, God. it was my picking hand. And it what's that called? Right. Picking strumming? hand, strumming yeah. hand, strumming hand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that works. Yeah, I've only been a professional guitarist for eight years. <laughs> uh, so I was like battering the shit out of it, and obviously, you know, cut it and didn't because yeah. you're on the road. You know, there's nothing you can do about right. it. So I ended up, it ended up getting infected, like half the half Ugh. the finger over the top, and I had to actually change my uh, picking style to like my oh, my Jesus. middle finger and my thumb instead of my first finger and my thumb. 
um, which didn't work, obviously, because, you know, I've been doing that for the entire life. And so I kind of kept flicking around. I did injure again because I was on the on tour constantly. I was playing. It had no time to heal. Uh, so then another like nail started growing over the top. But it was like halfway through. It's ha- halfway through growing my out. Clips so much. <laughs> I haven't even finished yet. So it's like sometimes it would like because there was a because my my old old fingernail was still growing out because it was dead. Right. So I had like half a fingernail on the tip that was uh, living on my underneath fingernail that was growing through. So it kept on it kept on click like clicking the strings whenever I just oh. made a slight. Error. So I had to. It's like you had a toss string guitar. You just hit. <laughs> yeah, it was like all of these. So I had to fill the gap in with gaffer tape, oh. and then cover it in fake skin for about three or four months. For not to mention, I just threw up. That is, that's a fantastic story. Yeah, the but thing I is think nobody knows that either. You don't want to moan about it, or anything. right? That you, uh, yeah, because there's always Tony Iommi who just cut off his fingers. <laughs> and then well, it was tempting. It was an option at one point. Right. I went to the doctor and I was like, I remember, I remember the exact words. I was like, I think I need help. And, <laughs> And the woman was just like, no, you'll be fine. And she just dressed it and sent it me on her way. I'm just like, for fuck's sake, woman. I need like right. some antibiotics or something. I need some help. And she's like, well, no, well, no, no, you'll be fine. As long as you don't, you know, you don't catch it. I'm like, have I not, to- I've just, I told him I was in a band. I kept catching it. Right. But I need like a, a fix or something. And, you know. How did you pick your nose? You just, um, question. Ambi- <laughs> ambidextrous. Ambidextrous. Um, well, you, you, you make, uh, you illustrate the larger point. Like you're on tour for, and and for bands like ours that were like okay we go on the road for four or five weeks yeah. we're driving five the band we're dealing time. with the with the with the promoter we're right. dealing with the merch right. and and you get to a point where that stuff is not an issue anymore your your yeah. job is to show up at the show and play and play the songs but you're dealing and and so which not lifting the equipment is the part that sounds most like a dream well that sounds amazing but being a bass player what i'm saying is that the the idea is that now you're dealing with like this whole set of like for for some people oh man i I sit on a tour bus i play these big shows i make money for 20 months but that's uh, it's not all gravy. Sort of well, I didn't, have a, I, didn't, I didn't have a life and I didn't have a home. So it's right. like, that was my life. And it was like, you know, it was interesting. It was cool. Yeah. And, you know, I felt like I was living for the first time in my life, which was awesome. But like, I didn't even have a house. I didn't, for like the first sort of six months, I lived at my, um, I lived at my uh, manager's house, like in their spare room. Because you'd so come to, home for like days at a time. Yeah, well, like a day. So I just, yeah. like, yeah. I just sort of crash out there. They had a dog, uh, sorry, a cat called uh, Munich, which ironically was our second single, a little fuck. <laughs> and I used to, I didn't have a door on my room, obviously. So I used to, obviously, I used like, to, I don't know. No it was that, it was that there. kind of house. And so, <laughs> so I went back. I was like, get home at like three in the morning, and, and it was like a little kitten, uh, although it's massive. So I used to leave my trousers on the floor, and I just like pass out, and I just wake up at like six in the morning hearing this. <laughs> And the little fucker was pissing on my trousers <laughs> every single night that I'd forget, you know. Or if I'd like leave it near a, a plastic bag, then I'd hear this on the plastic bag. So you'd bag. be a hobo. You were a hobo essentially for, for like, about six or seven. Yeah. Well, six or seven months, yeah. yeah. Until, until I until I moved out. I yeah. guess what's interesting is that your responsibilities totally shift in that yeah. you don't yeah. have to worry about the normal everyday routine. Yeah. Really, what you need to worry about is. Is uh, is getting on stage and playing and right. doing promo and l- let's just briefly touch on these the, you know your your press days. Oh yeah, like you'd essentially be spending all day doing interview after interview, talking to a couple of idiots who are trying to ask uh, yeah. you questions. And uh, yeah, I was I was referring to us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought we were going to go down the wrestling route there, well, and then we I want to get back to it. All right, well, let's get back to it. Let's just, let's just touch me, on this give now. Me a, a nugget from like just the torture of a press day. A press day, right? Basically, a, a press, literally. A press. <laughs> Brilliant. And um, um, I think we peaked about like ten minutes ago, and then we're heading back down again. We're wrapping it up. Uh, it's just it's starting to go really grey outside, ominously grey. <laughs> so when I leave, I'm going to get absolutely pissed on it. <laughs> anyway, so it was like uh, you know you do you do press days in certain countries um, just before your record was going to come out. So we do like you know do like a couple of days in Holland, a different place in Holland, a couple of days in Belgium, stuff in France or whatever, and some Japan as well. We used to do mm-hmm. press days in Japan, which were painful. Because regimented, but painful. Because right. you know, you, at least if there's if there's an English person you're speaking to, you can have a bit of banter with them, and you can go off piece a little bit, and you can have a joke. It's a bit harder if you know if they don't speak much English. If they speak no no English, they have right. a translator. The tra- guy translates something to you. 
Um, you say the stockist answer so they can understand, <laughs> and then they translate it back, and then you start the process again. And then this happens from about 9 till about 12, then you'll have an hour break for lunch, and then from about 1 to about 6, yeah. and and then you uh, then you go to dinner, and then you have to go out or something, I don't know what happens, and then you just go to bed, and then you wake up at 9 in the morning and do it all again. Uh, the same questions, the same right. people. Uh, and Trying this is what excited. I was saying before. This is why I don't drink coffee anymore. I just can't because it just reminds me of these press days and mm-hmm. like drinking just because you, you're so weak. You, your brain's fried just from doing the same thing. And it's like such a mental task just to get through this thing. It sounds like, it sounds really, it sounds easy. The more I thought, think about it, uh, the more I don't think people would really understand it, what it's like. And just speak, uh, you're also speaking on a, on a subject where, you haven't thought about these things, you know. Right. You haven't. Why did you do this? I, like, I don't fucking know. You're it's just like, doing. You're it's not music, thinking. you know. It's like it's art. It's like this is what you do. You're not. You're not purposely going about. Uh, what's your message? It's like, right. Fuck off. So like, I'm just trying. <laughs> All right, guys. What's our message? Let's yeah. It's like yeah. We start exactly. This yeah. Song up. Exactly. Why did you do this? Why did you do that? I, yeah. like, I don't know. It's just like it's fun. It's like it's you like, don't understand that bands don't communicate to each other. No, we don't just, talk about. You right. don't talk about like what music we, we're going to make, or uh, you know, <laughs> or sort of like what what agenda we're going to have, or what clothes we're going to wear that day. We talk about like. I don't know, wrestling? video games and wrestling and like <laughs> booze and stuff and like where we're we gonna go tonight and stuff like that, you know? I don't know. Press man. Press, Press days. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean for me, yeah, yeah, we did one of uh radio junkets and that was only like two hours and that felt like a nightmare to me. Of just like a whole list of like Oh that Hey Boulder, great. Colorado, W H E W, this is Panthers. You I'm don't a- know who we are and you're never gonna <laughs> use this. All right, let's do another one. <laughs> Uh, yeah, doing those in Japan are great as well. <laughs> just obviously because because sometimes you've got to speak Japanese, sometimes you don't. But also do there they was like write it out phonetic. And, yeah, like, they do. Yeah. But there's like there's a place called Fukuoka, and when you're tired, it's <laughs> right. really funny. And there's right. like there's like DJ shit twat or something <laughs> like that. And you just like, you know you're like oh come on, and you know you're trying to get through them, but you just do them bang 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 and just right. get them done. I remember once speaking about the like the repetitiveness as well. I think we once signed. I think it was 2,000 singles as well for a, like a giveaway. That was horrible. Right. It took ages. And I remember like my, by about like about three, 400, my signature just didn't look the same. Right. It was just a squiggle. I was like, oh shit, I need and to I stop. And I thought they sending thank you notes for my wedding was bad. Boom, boom. Your nail wasn't messed up at that point, was it? uh, uh, It was around that point, actually. Yeah, maybe that was the cause. Yeah, there you go. But we were we we got we got to the stage where we like signing them like Gary and stuff like that. (laughs) I didn't give a shit. Right, two thousand for the listener. There was no one named Gary. (laughs) I mean, we did use we did used to uh, we did start calling our drummer Gary, but that's a different story. (laughs) So to bring it all to, I just 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 as a uh, question, worst. Just, just give it, give it, give me the worst wrestling show you've ever seen live or match. Worst wrestling match I've ever yeah. seen live. I don't think I've ever seen one. I just, I just love being there. It's like I've seen a lot on TV, but um, what, what do you think is what do you think is the worst, big, or most overrated pro wrestling match that people could watch? You know, um, like- Harley Race, Ric Flair. 1983 in the in the cage that starcade Star, the first starcade the first starcade yeah. you know because it's like it's more important than it is and I, w- I remember watching that match it was so fucking boring and so it's kind of like, like the, the wrestling equivalent to Sonic Youth oh that's about right <laughs> just any jam band of all time or, yeah. Or, yeah it was like yeah it was like a jam band like good idea but but fuck off. It's, it's, it's important. It's everybody recognizes it for being, but you never actively want to seek it out. Right. Don't know? watch it again. Yeah. Just watch the end of it. Watch the, and it's, it's even got like a botched cross body at the end as well. Like Ric Flair doing a top rope move as well. It's, do you, it's kind do you of an still oxymoron. follow right now? Like you've I do. Yeah. Stories? I do, but I don't, it's weird because I kind of watch it because I have to. I don't watch it because right. I enjoy it. It's right. weird. It's but like, it's also like there's there's a special, I know that, you know, my interests lie in like 70s and 80s. And I know you also share some of that as well yeah. as 90s stuff. Um, yeah, a little and, early, but, early and, but there's also a, there's sort of some love lost for what's going on now because it's just not the same. I mean, it's exciting for certain people and for certain storylines. The yeah. only thing I know going on is CM Punk. Straight, yeah. Yeah, and C- I only pay attention because I'm straight edge and he's straight edge. Yeah, right. And so go. I'm just like, yeah, I don't know, that's kind of fun. And I like the fact that he's, when he's uh, a heel or whatever, yeah. he's, he's hardline. 
And oh, then yeah. When, yeah, yeah, when yeah. he's a good guy. He's like, do what you want. Yeah. yeah he's, he's like, yeah, I don't care. I have in moderation. The, and the only time I've ever seen him was, and you can probably answer, who who was the guy who was the Texas oil tycoon? Oh, JBL. Uh, JBL. Like a, he was fighting. JBL had the had the had the the the, the belt, <laughs> and he was like, CM Punk, I'll give you this belt, but you need to do one thing: yeah. take a shot of whiskey. <laughs> and, he, and like CM Punk's looking around, he's like, No, I can't believe he's making you do this. I want the belt. And then he he brings it. He like waves him over with it, smacks the whiskey out of his <laughs> yeah. hand, takes him down. So yeah. it's just, and all of a sudden, I had X's on the back of my hand, and I was psyched. Well, like, well just <laughs> give me a little job. background yeah. because I I am not as interested in what's going on. Like we'll go see uh, 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 um, Ring, Ring of Honor, Honor or yeah. something, and so, but like I'm not as invested in the story. So CM Punk actually has some kind of punk. Like, does he is his backstory that he's like. A punk rocker from Chicago, and he's yeah. straight edge. Yeah, and he actually he's is straight edge. He's got he's, he's got yeah. straight edge tattoo. He's got uh, he's got a what, the Pepsi tattoo because Brian Baker oh, from, uh, from Minor Madison. Threat had a Coca Cola tattoo. Yeah. he's a big rancid fan, and you yeah, know, he's like yeah, I think he leans probably more towards kind of shitty <laughs> pop punk yeah uh, world of yeah. straight edge. But like, he's, he's not he's not listening to uh, Vegan Reich or <laughs> Earth Crisis, but. Um, but it's still interesting. But I guess he is legitimate. Like, he's not like, um, I don't think he's like, a, what was her name? Lena, maybe? She was the female wrestler. Oh, Lita, her? yeah. Lita, yeah. who was like Bobo from Avail's fiance. <laughs> in real life? Yeah. Uh, who actually was. My friend, yeah, one like, of my friends was her old roommate in life. From the Vales? I remember that, Bun. Huh? Is that the Vales you were talking yeah. about? Avail, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. She they, was, she oh, was wait, engaged to Bobo. Avail, yeah. 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 Oh, right, like, no, they were like an American, like, uh, kind of. Pretty popular underground punk yeah. band in the mid But they had a dancer named Bobo. Yeah. He oh. was just the guy who danced, but she was engaged to Bobo. And oh, then really? broke up with him to go to Mexico to wrestling school. <laughs> oh, no, wait, this is beforehand, right? Yeah. But see, I think it's actually a fascinating that something like... I And I think that CM Punk's version of Straight Edge is a direct uh, uh, a result of, like, the kind of uh, pop punk slash emo in quotes explosion right. of the mid aughts where it became like you go to high school a uh, high school now and it's like it's not the jocks and the nerds it's right. like everybody listens to like some variation of sure. mainstream kind of mall punk kids today man and and this new version <laughs> of straight edge is so so distilled from what it originally was. But like, it's still kind of cool. They don't fucking understand it's my still sacred cool. vow. Well, but it's, <laughs> it's still kind of cool that something like the WWE will like have a huge popular character right. whose gimmick is based on this and like, all the punk merch idea. Too. All the merch might as well be like fucking Andrew Thomas Company. Like if you're not <laughs> yeah. straight edge now, you never wore shirts. Yeah, no. Because like, like I had like students in my classes like coming in with like giant like X fists. Like and so, I was like, man, that looks like a mouthpiece shirt yeah. or something. I think, it's, I think it's cool though that there's like uh, that it's it's a new gimmick. It's a new yeah. gimmick yeah. as well. So anything original, I think, is right. You know, it is, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is. It is definitely. I mean, I laughed out loud when he knocked that whiskey shot. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I was just like, that's kind of genius. <laughs> Bob Mould, you were smart to be a writer. He's a smart him. guy as well, which is kind of like that that kind of reputation that a lot of wrestlers have, and a lot of wrestling fans um, are kind of bumped with as well. Is that we're kind of like. We're all stupid. The wrestlers are stupid. Right. They're all like jocks. They're all right. daft. It's like you know, all, all the wrestling fans are just you know, just kids, like daft kids and stuff. It's like right. some of us are actually quite bright and can think for ourselves. Yeah. We just enjoy yeah. the product. That's one just because it's fun. I like the Bob Mould discography. Like exactly. Just up. stop like, being fucking cool. Yeah. He's like, just I, like, I grew up liking wrestling and I wanted to write yeah. wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. And the thing, the other thing about that as well is like, I've met, you know, met like a lot of famous sort of musicians and actors and stuff, but I only like really kind of got starstruck when I met a wrestler. Right. Which and was, that who? was like, huh? Which was who? Uh, well, it was Daniel Bryan. Uh, I met, I met, I met a couple of them actually, but oh, it was yeah, like, right. okay. remember it was like, for the listener, Daniel Bryant is. Daniel Bryant is the former world heavyweight champion, Ring of Honor guy as well. And like mm. me and Mike have been to a few Ring of Honor events. So Ring like of in, Honor is, is like an indie uh, promotion that would be. A few tiers under. Uh, I'd say it's WWE. like the third promotion, the biggest okay. indie promotion. Below. Do you remember Jim? Is ECW anything anymore? ECW. That's, no, that's, that's right? done okay. as well. If you guys remember Jim Cornette from uh, NWA, he was the manager <laughs> yeah. who had who had the tennis yeah. racket. Yeah. He is the uh, creator and uh, head. He's, he's kind of not the creator, but he's kind of like he's in charge at the moment. But they play yeah. like Hammer. They won't play. They kind of uh, they, they'll sell out Hammerstein Ballroom and stuff wow. like that. So you know, it was, so it's got like a bit of an ECW crowd, right. that kind of raucous. And 
it's not hardcore Which always or anything. scared of me. I remember my friends went to an ECW match in uh, college, and they brought pans and stuff that you could yeah, throw yeah. in yeah, the ring. Yeah, but I remember they were just like, like they were all wild. kind of effeminate guys too, and they were just like. <laughs> All of a sudden, they just kept yelling, faggot. <laughs> and I yeah. was like, I thought they were going to murder me. Oh, that still happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, Chris changed. and I show up with our jean shorts on a robot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Confederate yeah. flags on the back and stuff perfect. like that. Yeah, um, the whole shebang. So, to, so to, to, to wrap, wrap this whole shebang up with a nice a little, little bow. bow. Question, <laughs> <laughs> question that, that, we, that we always end on, and I'm curious to get your answer on this. What do you think of the word gig? gig. Gig. I think gig is the, uh, cause that's an interesting question actually, thinking about it. Thought it was a shit question at first. <laughs> More I think about it, getting a bit better. I hate the word concert. I don't think I've ever done a concert in my life. Really? Oh, well, we like supported REM a few times. I think they, those were concerts. Right. Like, you, you know, I see, co- like Madonna does concerts. Right. And we do gigs. Uh, you know, I've never done it. I just think that's, that there's a complete difference on that. And, I remember uh, in Italy, they would always say, you know, after, you know, the 45-year-old guy would always get your autograph before, they'd always go, have a great concert. <laughs> <laughs> I'd always be like, you know, we're playing like a little, like 300-seat club or something. It's like, okay, yeah. I'll, have a, I'll have a great well, concert. <laughs> I was interested in getting the European point of view because... We we always call them shows, right? When you shows, kind of, yeah, shows. I mean, we going out this the delineation is we played shows, he played gigs. If we have gotten more popular, we might have played some gigs, but we probably would have never played concerts. <laughs> no, we we'll never because play we'd concerts. never be opening for our yeah. <laughs> you might have. You might have. Yeah, you never know. Like, I know some really shit bands that have uh, that have uh, opened for REM. Right. Um, and so, so the future's looking bright right now. Your, your, your palette is wide open. Palette yeah, is the one I'm, word well, I'm, I use. <laughs> your palette. Uh, the palette is one word I use all the time to describe my big, <laughs> I'm kind of on holiday at the moment. So I'm like, got a few things that I'm maybe going to do, maybe not going to do, but at the moment I don't need to do anything. Which You're is taking nice. it easy. I just need to take it easy for a bit. You know, I've been nonstop, like full blown for about 10 years and now it's nice just to sort of chill out and just hang out with my friends and not have a care. I love Perfect. it. I love it. And it's so, cool, you know, in order to do that, I just want to make sure you get home safe. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Mike. Can I get a lift? I know I'm only six blocks away, but it is raining. Do you have an umbrella? Worst gig ever. 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 ever.